Hey everybody, and welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and that thing that's been threatening to happen for a while has happened. It's a Monday, and I don't have a new audiobook out. We have um, Shayla currently working hard on getting more parts of um, the Sam's New Life stories up, and... Uh, I have uh, Raina working on a new story, but I really don't have anything new this week. So, as I am off today, um, I decided that maybe we'll do a clip show. And I will go through some of my favorite audios with some of my favorite uh, voiceover people. And I'm going to try to give you maybe a clip that you haven't heard before um, to try to make it interesting. And I'll try to find some of the sexy clips so it won't just be, you know hearing DJ or Shayla or Jen or somebody talking about, you know, hanging shelf paper. I'm going to try to make it something interesting. So the first audio I thought I'd play a clip from today is Breaking Him In. If you've been listening to Shayla for a while, you know she's got that really delightful Texas twang. And it didn't occur to me how well it lent itself to some stories until I had her doing a Western for me, The Good, The Bad, and The Sissy. And I was like, oh, that Texas accent really works. And so um, I did a story about an equestrian an equestrian woman. And I, I had uh, no idea when I was writing it. But then after I heard the Western, I'm like, you know, this one, this one's for Shayla. So here's a clip from Breaking Him In. In this particular scene, our heroine... Uh, our equestrian woman has some friends over, some girlfriends, and for entertainment, they decide they want to go roping and riding, and they're going to uh, eventually rope the sissy maids. They're going to be on their horses, and it's going to be kind of a hunt. But uh, things don't quite go as expected. So here is a scene from Breaking Him In, as read by Shayla Aspasia. How can we help you, asked Kaylee. I'm not exactly dressed for riding. Well, we want to ride and rope again, but we don't actually have any calves here. So we thought you would take their place, said Maggie. What? It'll be like a hunt, I explained. It's not like anybody will get hurt, and if you manage to avoid us for long enough, you can even get away. Not you, Jessica. I still expect you to do your best to get away, though. Yes, mistress, said Jessica. Wait, protested Kaylee. You're going to hunt us? You can't do this. I just said it's not really hunting, I snapped angrily. There won't be guns or anything like that involved. We're going to give you five minutes head start, so you probably should get going, said Isabella. What? This is insane, complained Kaylee. Four minutes and fifty-eight seconds, said Maggie. Both Kaylee and Jessica took off running. Jessica was now better on heels than almost any woman I knew. But running in those pumps she was wearing through grass and dirt was not a simple task. Kaylee, on the other hand, was hopeless in the unfamiliar shoes and wiped out twice in the first 30 seconds of running. We all laughed at his efforts to scramble to his feet and get away from us for at least a little while. We actually gave them closer to a 10-minute start because he wanted this to be at least a little challenge for me. Cinnamon was happy to get going, eager even. Okay, good luck, everybody. 
I took up racing for Jessica's place in case she decided to wait out the hunt in comfort. But she was too clever for that. I decided to ride around the perimeter for my property just in case anybody had made it this far. It was a big ranch and it would take forever to ride the whole length, but I remember I had three teammates. I managed to show up just in time to see Kaylee's capture. He was now barefoot as he tried sprinting away from Maggie. But we've all been through how hard it is to outrun a powerful horse with a skilled rider. Maggie had brought her palomino-colored Morgan horse. Harry to the party. Morgans are an odd breed. They're beautiful and strong, but their personalities and abilities vary a lot. Harry was a great cutter, and Kaylee had no chance of getting away from him. Maggie threw her lasso around her boss. But instead of pulling it snug around his arms, she let it fall around his ankles before yanking it tight. As a result, he practically flew through the air as she slammed on the brakes and caused him to wipe out, ending up sprawled with his dress up to his waist. The other girls soon arrived in time to watch Maggie jump from her saddle and treat Kaylee to her first ever hogtie. My friends would probably have a lot of fun at poor Kaylee's expense. I saw a good old-fashioned leather strap spanking in her future, but somehow Jessica had managed to elude me. Jessica was never particularly clever, but I had learned as her training took hold that she wasn't as dim as I thought. I was no tracker, and I had been riding around the property looking for her over half an hour. Even though my friend had turned their attention to Kaylee, they had spread out and ridden around the property for a while, too. He had been quite clever to avoid being spotted. Then it occurred to me it was a good idea to check out his little home, but I hadn't gone far enough. I turned Cinnamon loose, and we sprinted back to my home. I never did give Jessica a key, but she was cleaning things up in the house when we were all out at the stables. I tied off Cinnamon and grabbed my lasso. I opened the door, and I knew something was off. I could hear sounds coming from my bedroom. I crept warily, but as I got closer, I realized that the sound was music. I made my way towards the bedroom, ready for anything. But as I got closer, I saw one thing I wasn't expecting. Rose petals. Peering into the bedroom door, I saw rose petal trail that led to the bed. The room had been lit with candles and lying right in the middle of the bed in my old scarlet-colored baby doll nighty was Jessica. Have you come to take me in, Marshall? He pouted. What are you doing in my bedroom without permission? I asked crossly, waiting for you. You think you're so cute. Well, aren't I? He asked, batting his eyelashes. For a sissy, I said, climbing into bed. Is that what I am? Yeah. Is that so bad? No, not really. That's one of those stories that is kind of unexpectedly romantic and a little bit of a different section than you had heard the first time, which was the first section that I played of this um, audio back in summer was um, when she uh, actually caught this this sissy of hers. Um, The next one I'm going to do is appropriate for a Halloween setting. Um, I decided to do a story that was kind of like Uh, A Halloween story. I'd always been told that what I wrote the best was those scenes where the sissies get captured. And so 
um, I had um, Mistress DJ read this particular audio called Camp Femdom. And in that particular story, the girl counselors, one by one, pick off the guy counselors. So you can see, you know, like Halloween or Friday the 13th, there's definitely uh, horror movie elements in this particular one, even if instead of being killed gruesomely, they're just being feminized, rarely gruesomely. So here is a clip from Camp Femdom, one that I am really thrilled with how it turned out uh, from Mr. DJ. The boys plopped down on their beds, but after five minutes, when there was no response from Kyle, they tried Matt, but again received no response. Just try them all. I want to know what's going on, said Andrew. One by one, Chris called all the other counselors. They were both dismayed that nobody responded right away, but then they heard the ding of Chris's phone going off. With Andrew reading the screen over his shoulder, Chris replied, there was a message from Pete. Hey, Chris. If you're looking for your friends, they're a little tied up. Chris texted back. What are you talking about? Pete responded. You're next, Chris. Is Andrew with you? Chris texted back. Not funny, Pete. Pete replied. It's not Pete. It's DJ. Chris answered. Why do you have Pete's phone? Pete sent back, you're next. Shit, exclaimed Chris. Do you think that's real? Yeah, replied Andrew. That's why we couldn't get a hold of anybody else. They say we're next, said Chris, grabbing a baseball bat from the corner of the room. We're sitting ducks here, said Andrew. Get your camping gear together. Yeah, good idea, said Chris. Within ten minutes, the boys managed to stop looking out their windows long enough to get their gear packed and go running off into the woods. The camp itself was on a 26-acre property, and they hoped they could find a remote enough place that DJ and the other girls would have a very difficult time finding them. They settled on a small clearing not far from the lake and kind of tucked away, surrounded by large conifer trees. It would be dark soon. They started a small campfire and set up a small but functional tent and prepared to hold out using all the survival skills that they'd learned over the years at the camp. The fire was kind of warm during the summer evening, but the light was comforting. If the girls came around, they'd see them. You know, said Andrew, we should go over there about one in the morning and see if we can figure out what's going on. Do you think they got our friends locked up somewhere or something? asked Chris. They would have answered otherwise, so this will be a rescue mission, replied Andrew. Okay, I'm going to take a leak, and then let's figure out how we'll do it, said Chris, getting up and walking to a place to relieve himself. He walked about 50 yards away and peed against the side of a large tree. He hadn't realized how long it had been, and it felt good to expel all that waste. He was gone for maybe five minutes, and as he relieved himself, he had a bright idea. As he walked back to the campfire, he called out, Hey! Let's see if we could kidnap some of the girls and do a hostage. Andrew was gone. In his place was a velvet plum-colored dress that he guessed was somebody's prom dress. On top of the dress was a note, which he immediately read. One chance to do this the easy way. Take off your own clothes and put everything on. Everything. Chris yelled, Never! 
before ripping up the note and tossing it into the fire. He was angry now, but he was also alone. He knew the girls were out there watching somewhere and toying with them the way that cats do with mice. He couldn't deny the truth any longer. They had taken Andrew, who was larger than he was, and did it efficiently without him even hearing it. They could take him down any time they wanted to. He picked up the dress and saw that there was even more stuff underneath it. Dark pantyhose, a padded black bra and panties, black wedge heels, and a brown wig that was close to his own hair color, and a brown paper bag. He paused and thought about it for a moment. He hated to do this to himself, but the girls would probably get him much worse if he didn't. He stepped into the panties and fumbled around with the bra. Putting the pantyhose on was another challenge for Chris, but he did it before putting the dress on. It was ankle length, but it had a long slit in it that showed his right leg all the way up to his thigh. Once he was in the clothes, he opened the brown paper bag. There was a short piece of rope, a sleep mask blindfold, and a pair of heavy handcuffs. Wasn't it enough he put on the clothes the way they told him to? There was a note in the bag as well, and he pulled it out. Sit down and tie your ankles together with the rope. Do it securely. After that, put on the blindfold and lie on your stomach. Put on the cuffs behind your back, and we'll be by to pick you up shortly. Fine, yelled Chris, complying with the instructions on the note. He grabbed the bag and took it over to a smooth patch of grass to reduce the chances of bugs or spiders that lived in the trees crawling over him. He tied his ankles somewhat securely and put the black blindfold over his eyes. He had second thoughts as he lied down, but still went ahead and put the heavy cuffs on his wrists. He was thoroughly helpless now, and he knew it. A few minutes later, Chris could hear the giggling girls approaching. He could hear that they were all laughing at him. Chris, I always said you were the smart one, said Paula, bending down and tightening the cuffs. You avoid nail polish, a leg shaving, and a whole bunch of other mean things by cooperating, agreed Wendy. Let's get you back, said DJ. We're having a party, and you're one of the guests of honor. The guys were all escorted out by some of the senior camper girls and placed on their knees on the camp stage. Sitting in front of them on five wooden chairs were the female camp counselors. They had smug looks of satisfaction on their faces as the girl campers in the audience cheered for their counselors. All of the male counselors still had their hands bound behind them, although some had been repositioned. It was nine o'clock now, and that meant that Pete and John had been captured nearly ten hours ago. The girls were happy to be in charge and humiliate their rivals, but they didn't want to torture them too badly. The torches that lit up the stage and the audience gave the scene of the appearance of warriors captured by a tribe of Amazons, except these warriors weren't wearing armor, but dresses, heels, and makeup. One of my absolute favorite audio recordings was from a dom named Misconstrued. It's the only time I worked with her, and um, believe it or not, this audio just got pulled this past week from I Want Clips because of lack of sales, although it's done pretty well on Clips for Sale. Uh, her voice is just amazing, her reading is terrific, and I think it's a pretty strong story. 
And so if you want to get it on uh, Clips for Sale, or I think it's on Night Flirt, but I'm not sure, um, I think you'll really enjoy this one. I think it's one of the best I've produced. And since I don't know what happened to Misconstrued, I'm not just saying that to be nice to her. So this story is called Feminized by Lady Luck. And it's kind of a familiar story. Guy gets over his head with gambling debts, and in order to have in order to pay them off, he is feminized. So this is feminized by Lady Luck, and it is read by Misconstrued. Ashley, make that five times your going rate," said Ingrid. "This is the best work you've ever done for me." "Thank you, Ingrid," said Ashley. He had a lot to work with. "'Do you mind if Hope and Faith take him into the back and finish dressing him?' asked Ingrid. For the first time, Jason noticed that Hope was carrying four large shopping bags with her. "'Not at all,' said Ashley. "'I want to see the final product.' "'Let's go, Jason,' said Hope. It wasn't a request. Jason followed along to the back room, expecting some old supply closet or something, but this was a spa.' It looked a lot like the room he had gotten waxed in. Hope plopped the shopping bags down on a table and began digging through them while Faith moved over to Jason and unceremoniously helped him out of his bathrobe. She couldn't help smirking. They do good work here, she admired. I mean, he's flat-chested and naked, but he still looks more like a woman than a man. Well, he doesn't have to be flat for much longer, said Hope, handing her comrade a black case. Before he knew it, Faith was applying some very cold gel to his chest. He flinched from the cool sensation before she told him, Relax, it'll warm up after it's in contact with your skin. What's it for? asked Jason, but he already knew the answer. Faith attached two large silicone breast forms onto his chest, giving him a solid pair of 36C breasts. She held them to his chest until the glue set, and she was satisfied they wouldn't be coming off. "'Do some jumping jacks for us,' ordered Faith, and he complied. It felt ridiculous as the momentum pulled on his forms even after he landed. He hated these things that were stuck on his chest— and he definitely needed some kind of support. The good news is, you won't have to wear a bra, said Hope. What's the bad news? asked Jason. This, said Hope, pulling a heavily boned black corset out of a shopping bag. I don't think you'll like this very much. Faith lifted Jason's arms high above his head as Hope approached with the corset and attached it around his midsection. As she snapped each eyelet shut, Jason thought it couldn't get any tighter, and then it did. When the front was completely fastened, Hope turned to Faith and said, Your turn. Jason already knew she was a strong woman, but the power that Faith exhibited in yanking the ties in the back of the corset closed made Jason think that she would slice him in two by mistake. He began getting woozy from the lack of oxygen. "'You need to take shallow breaths until you get used to it,' said Faith. "'I'll never get used to this,' replied Jason. "'Yeah, but look what it does for your figure,' said Hope. She was right. With the breast forms and the corset, he had a perfect hourglass figure. 
It's great that you have such a girlish butt. We can pat it a little, but too much would be really obvious tonight. What's tonight? asked Jason. I'm sure Ingrid will want to tell you that herself. She'd get pretty mad if we spilled the beans, said Hope. Now put your leg out so Paith can put on your stockings. I don't think you want to be bending with that corset on. Jason wasn't expecting the electric feeling of the silky stockings being pulled up his freshly waxed legs. At least one thing in this whole process felt nice. After the thigh-high stockings were on, Faith placed a pair of lacy red French-cut bikinis on him. There were mirrors all around, and with the panties, corset, and stockings on, Jason had to remember that he wasn't looking at the reflection of a third woman in that room, but of himself. The corset was still nearly unbearable, but he was getting a bit more used to it. Here, step into these, said Hope, tossing a pair of shoes onto the ground in front of him. You can lean on me if you need to. Jason looked down at the shoes and couldn't believe how sexy they were. They were strappy, with about a three-inch heel, and the shoes sparkled with glitter the same deep red as his nails and lips. He stumbled a bit, but finally got them on his feet. As bending over was impossible for him, Faith and Hope each buckled up one shoe for him. Don't worry about walking in them yet, said Hope. We'll get you plenty of practice before tonight. Besides, nobody's going to care if you can walk. Let's get the dress on him and let Ingrid see how he turned out, said Faith. Hope pulled a red dress from one of the bags. It was also the same brilliant red, and it was a shoulderless barded style in a ribbed fabric that hugged every curve that the corset created. The dress only came to his upper thighs and made the faux cleavage created by the corset and breast forms seem ample. The last couple of touches were jewelry, which consisted of red hoop earrings, and a black necklace. Hope spritzed Jason over with a bottle of French perfume. "'Let's let Ingrid see what she's working with,' said Faith." One second, said Hope, steering Jason over so that she was facing a full-length mirror. Look at that girl. Look how sexy she is. You'd like to fuck her, wouldn't you? Yes, I mean no, replied Jason. The truth was out, and there was no way to cover it up now. Faith and Hope helped Jason out of the room. He was like a newborn colt, as he awkwardly tried to manage the unfamiliar shoes. That wasn't what Ingrid noticed when she saw him, though. She started seeing money. My God, he's perfect. I have to admit, I think that's my best work ever on anybody, Ashley said proudly. Most of the women who saw him enter the salon in the pink rope were long gone, but he could tell every eye in the place was on him and they weren't mocking him anymore, either. "'Well, I should get this beauty back to the casino,' thinks Ashley,' said Ingrid. "'In this case, it really was my pleasure,' said Ashley. "'Would you mind bringing him back here at some point for some photos?' "'Yeah, no problem. I can have Hope bring her over tomorrow. I'm sure that with the proper motivation, he can scrounge up some good before pictures for you, too.' 
excellent, said Ashley. I would love to have worked further with this woman, but alas and alack, it wasn't to be. Still, uh, misconstrued wherever you are. What an amazing audio you did for me. Um, our final audio of this particular broadcast is going to be uh, from Jen Davis, Miss Jen, who is, as you probably know, uh, Spanko Supreme. She is like the one I go to when I need help with a spanking scene. And it just so happened um, I wrote a, a story particularly for her called Spanked into Skirts, combining my love to feminization and hers of spanking. And I think it turned out pretty good. So here's a scene from Spanked into Skirts by Miss Jen Davis. Relax, John. It's only for tonight. You're not exactly in the right frame of mind, and we don't want you trying to run off in the night. Once you learn to obey me and Ingrid, we won't have to do this. Now put your wrists together in front of you, she commanded. You're both insane, he said, but he complied. And just as she had practiced with Ingrid, she wound the rope around his wrist tightly, but not too tight, before cinching it off and then attaching it to the wooden slat at the top of his bed. She tickled him under his arms just to see if he could slip free, but he stayed helplessly secured. I'd better stop before you wet the bed. She moved down and tied his ankles to the bottom corners of the bed and put a sleep blindfold on him. It would leave him confused and unsure if he was being watched, which would give him second thoughts about trying to escape. Good night, princess, said Katie, as she turned out the light and closed the door. She went to watch a bit more television before bed. Despite going to bed hours earlier than usual, the emotional distress of the day had drained John completely. He slept until after nine in the morning, and when he woke up, he really needed to take a piss. He tried to hold it, but by 9.15, he was miserable. Katie, Miss Katie, I really need to go to the bathroom, he cried out. John was surprised when Ingrid arrived at his bedroom door rather than his sister. Good morning, sunshine, said Ingrid. I trust you slept well. I really need to go to the bathroom, said John. Okay, let me untie you and we'll take care of that. Ingrid untied John from the bed as he shook impatiently, trying to hold his bladder in check. With the final knot undone, John was surprised to see Ingrid lead him to the bathroom. I'm serious, I've got to go, pleaded John, as he followed Ingrid into the bathroom. I know, said Ingrid. We have a lot to do today, though. By the way, that's a very pretty nighty. Can I take a piss? asked John. Don't let me stop you, said Ingrid. You can go now. Just remember, from now on, you do it sitting down. Like a girl, sighed John. Exactly like a girl from now on, replied Ingrid. John wanted to protest, but he was worried he'd wet his panties if he waited too long. He hiked down his panties and pulled up his nighty and began peeing into the toilet. That's better, said John. Let's see your leg, replied Ingrid, as she ran her hands up and down John's smooth calves. Good, you don't have to shave your legs today. 
great, said John, with mock enthusiasm. Don't be so excited. You still need to shave your chest, arms, and underarms, explained Ingrid, as she moved over to the bathtub and began filling it with sweet-smelling floral-scented bubble bath. I can't do that, said John. You really want to start today with a spanking before you even get dressed, asked Ingrid. No, Miss Ingrid, I'll do it, promised John. See that you do, said Ingrid. I'll have today's outfit laid out for you. Call for Katie to do your makeup when you're dressed. John sat in the warm bubble bath and felt relaxed. He sat back in the tub and enjoyed the feeling for a few minutes before the water started cooling off, and he decided that he had better do as he was told and shave the rest of his body hair. When he was hairless, other than the top of his head, and smelling like a discount florist, he emerged from the tub and walked into his bedroom. He was shocked that today's outfit consisted of a pink and a white string bikini and a pair of pink high-heeled sandals. He wanted to scream, but dutifully he put everything on as he'd been instructed. Miss Katie, I'm ready for my makeup, called out John. I'm really going to like this Miss Katie thing, said Katie as she arrived in the room. That bikini is so you. I used to wear that before my breasts developed. It's padded to give you a B cup. Gee, thanks, sis, replied John. Is that sarcasm? asked Katie sharply. No, Miss Katie, I just wanted to thank you. That's better, but you might want to hold off on thanking me until I'm done with this, said Katie, as she grabbed the tweezers and began to pluck his eyebrows. I'm afraid to tell you that this will definitely change your appearance. How much? asked John. It'll be so worth it, replied Katie. You're going to look like a princess. A few minutes later, Katie showed John his reflection. He could scarcely believe how much she had transformed his face. He didn't think anybody would be able to figure out what had changed, but he had no doubt that people would be able to tell that he looked more feminine. Katie redid his makeup slightly different than she had done it the day before. She explained that she was giving him a daytime look with bright colors and pinks. Finally, she put the long, straight, blonde wig from Ingrid's Halloween costume on his head. That shade really works with your undertones. You almost look hot, said Katie. Go show Ingrid. This is so humiliating, complained John. Can't we stop this game? Go show Ingrid now, or this game is going to get very serious, said Katie. Yes, Miss Katie, said John. He walked out the door as best he could in the heels. He entered the living room and saw Ingrid. She smiled at him, but what really knocked him back was the girl standing next to her. It was Haley, and she was practically rolling on the floor laughing. Your little friend came over, Princess, said Ingrid. Oh, this is too good, said Haley. I guess I'm not the only blonde beach bunny today. No, screamed John. He turned and went to rush back to his room, but was cut off by Katie, who had no trouble turning him around 
and taking him over to the couch where Ingrid was waiting for him. Together the girls maneuvered him over Ingrid's lap and began spank his soft, pale butt cheeks. We're going to have so much fun today, said Haley. The girls asked me to take you dress shopping. After the beach, of course. No, I can't go out like this, protested John. As Ingrid's bare hand connected with John's bare bottom, the tears soon began again, and he was pleading to Ingrid, Stop! Stop! You know what you have to agree to, to make me stop, said Ingrid. Okay, fine. I'll go with Haley, you promised John. Love that story. Um, and I forgot just how sexy Jen makes it. Uh, I'd really love your opinion on tonight's podcast. Is this uh, boring, having these four little short clips? I mean, is this something where you would much prefer having a full-time audio? I mean... There was no audio available, so I, you know, this was kind of by uh, necessity necessarily more than more than by design. But is this something you'd like me to go back to? You know, maybe pick four hidden gems or four that have a similar theme or something like that. Or is this like just get with the regular stories? If you if you have any feedback, I'd love it. And this goes for anything. Um, you can reach me at kyliegable at yahoo.com. Uh, also, this week, um, the appearance that we had promoted last week, uh, Shayla and I were on the Man Whore podcast uh, this week. I'll put a link to it in, in the uh, description, uh, or you can just find it anywhere, you know, Man Whore uh, podcast. It stands out, and it's on pretty much all the same places we're at. Um, so if you want to hear, hear uh, Shayla and I interviewed and, and uh, Shayla read a story with the host, Billy, you know, go for it. So thanks for listening and, and uh, being here for this clip show. You can hear my dogs uh, playing loudly in the background. And uh, have a wonderful week. Um, be here next Monday. I will be. And I would love to have you here with me. Bye-bye. <laughs>